All right, everybody, it's time to crown the detective of the mystery. Who is going up on the wall of detectives? I've looked at everybody's emails and messages about the mystery, and and everyone did a great job. I always really love reading people's guesses and their theories. And so if you haven't sent one in for this mystery, please send one in next time. It's it's very interesting. I love seeing how people are, are interacting with the characters in the story and and how you're matching wits with Danny and with me. It's It's really lovely. So... I will say, before I get to the detective of the mystery, before I crown the, the king of police, uh, I'd like to mention two honourable mentions from the, from the emails that got sent in. So firstly, we have uh, Josh Mullen, who sent in a whole huge swath of guesses uh, and did very, very well, very close the whole time, had a good grasp on, on what everyone was doing and who all the characters were. And I think would have done fantastically had they been there in the scene, in the moment. If they had been Danny, they would have solved it very, very well. I, I, was, I was very impressed with Josh's guesses. My other honourable mention goes to Ben Maxwell, who completely didn't get it at all. Uh, I, I want to put that out. I completely guessed the wrong killer and the wrong situation. But I was really impressed with the way they put it together. They had uh, pegged Luke Holloman as the killer and had an incredibly detailed explanation for why that would happen and how it would happen. And to be honest, I could have done it that way. I don't think I had thought enough about Luke and possible motives and possible movements. It was a really, really interesting guess, and I really liked it. And it very well could have gone that way if I had had the same sort of thoughts that Ben had. I I was very impressed with Ben's guess. So thank you so much for sending that in. But the detective of the mystery, the the wall of detective new mugshot that's been pinned to the corkboard of cool, true detectives that's sitting in our office. This is not a real corkboard, by the way, but but a metaphorical one, is frequent guesser Ash Webster. Now, Ash has been very close to being on the wall of detectives many times, but in this mystery, I was really impressed with how quickly they caught on to all of the elements, but they had compared to, I think, anybody guessing or who uh, was solving the mysteries in the playtest or in the real recordings, they very quickly understood the dynamic between two people in the room. There there was one crime going on, a separate murder happening, one person who did the crime witnessed the murder, got scared, jumped out the window. All of that was really perfectly described, and I was very impressed. Um, Now, did they have all of those people 100% correct? Not necessarily, but a really, really good recreation of stuff that I thought was the most interesting aspect of the mystery. So Ash Webster, welcome to the wall of detectives. You're on the board. Congratulations. I I loved reading all of your your questions, your queries, theories. I loved everybody's. Uh, If I didn't respond to yours, I'm sorry. I was trying to respond to them all, and it's very easy to to lose track. Uh, I will say the best way to send them in is via email. So send us emails uh, when you have questions, queries, theories, ideas, and it's and it's really lovely to talk about. I usually don't respond until the end of the mystery because I don't want to spoil it for you. But uh, thank you everybody for messaging in, and congratulations again to Ash. All right, let's go into the autopsy. All right, Bill, we're going to start this autopsy. Welcome everyone, this is the autopsy, and we have to start with the most important question. Yeah? Was it a sippy bird? I would like to show you my note, but wait, wait, hold on, this is not the introduction. Welcome to Solve This Murder, I am your coroner, Bill. 
what yeah, a, what's what? a, not a current? Oh current, no, you're the, in, the dean of investigative and medicine. I'm the forensic pathologist, Danny. Okay, now we're into it. I I go to my notes, and I would like you. I'm going to scroll down. I'm going to scroll down to uh, Josh Yang, and I would like you to read the fourth bullet point. Okay, fourth, fourth black bullet point. point. Oh, that's a long one. On the day of the murder, Josh set up his VR headset on a Roomba slash broomstick, had a water bird hit the fire button. That's yes. it. You got it perfectly. I'm disappointed you, you didn't use the word right sippy. Thing. I but... said water bird. I should have said sippy bird. You got that fully. I'm glad my description uh, got that away. Why is it a Roomba slash broomstick? Because oh, it had to be at head height. Oh. Otherwise, his avatar would have been a tiny little squat I man. I didn't consider so he that. Actually, he had, and... If you had actually gone to Josh's house, we would have seen all the defensive you could devices. Have, if you had, so he would have been had. You knew that he'd been given devices. Yep. Nicole mentioned giving him some fancy stuff like a room and things. He would deny having it, but you noticed you would notice two things depending on how early you go. So this is one of these things that in the play test, I did. They did quite early, and it was very obvious. Uh-huh. Depending on how early you would go to Josh, I would make this less and less obvious. Okay. Which was, he had a the area like set out that you had play VR games in. Mm. And it was the only area of his house that, that didn't clean. have cat fur on the on the carpet. And then all in his cupboard is a Roomba with a with a broomstick on top, so you could find all that physically as evidence. But you never went and saw Josh Yang. No, Josh was... Yang. I'm going to say canonically it was going to sound like this. Oh, hello, it's me, Josh Yang. And so it's good that you didn't. Yeah, talk to absolutely. Him. I would have been fun trying to make you keep that up. You cracked the case completely. Now, I was going to say, throughout this, I was always worried that you weren't getting it because you were <laughs> in a lot of these interviews, you didn't say this. Like, I would drop a hint, which I thought was so obviously like, and this implies that maybe the, the games were stolen. And you would stay didn't in character and be like, oh, interesting, interesting. What an odd development schedule. And I was like, wait, did Danny not get it? Yeah. And until I prompted, prompted you to say something and you were like, oh, yeah, no, he stole those games, baby. I want to talk a little bit about... It was very true. And I know that there were only a couple of times, even in my own notes, that I actually wrote things. In fact, the only time I actually wrote down my thoughts were under the interview with Luke, where I wrote retreats, dot, 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 sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, and I wasn't aware of your thoughts at this time, because you were keeping it so close to the chest. I know, and we kept talking about the fact that I need to say my thoughts out loud more. You don't realise how hard it is to do in the moment. I'd also like to point out how f- little notes I have about Sarah Toffelmeyer. Can I tell you every single thing I wrote about Sarah Toffelmeyer, the okay, neighbour? Yeah, yeah. All right. So what what you know about Sarah Toffelmeyer is she loves to bake. She has like a lemon cake thing that is revealing of her thing. She listens to other streamers. She's always listening to that. She had to go out and get different shopping stuff, and and she had forgotten that, and that's how she saw the person go up in the elevator twice, and de- mm-hmm. all that all that sort of stuff. And I have that this. She has unhealthy boundary issues yeah. and crashes parties. I've got three points. One of them has three sub points. Mm-hmm. The entire thing I've written about Sarah Toffelmeyer is huge fan of Shattered World and Dave LeCompte. Generally not allowed near Dave, but snuck into his party last week while he was gone. Left in the morning, had caterers moving things in, so Sarah snuck in. Saw someone going up the elevator in a dark hoodie on the day of the murder. An E3 hoodie. Every character in this story owns one. (laughs) Saw them leave not long after. Weirdly, they must have left earlier because I saw them coming up the lift a second time before they left. Maybe they left something downstairs. That's the entirety of all of my notes about Sarah Toffelmeyer. Which is pretty much what she got across. And that's largely what I have in my notes about Sarah Toffelmeyer. And and so I made a point here. One thing that you didn't mention in the breakdown that I that I thought was relevant in terms of like the do they know each other sort of stuff. Oh yes. Is that the one thing that Emily Shade asked you about your investigation Mm. was 
well, two things. She said, was anything taken? Yes. And did you see anybody lead? Do you have any like ideas of who or leave or do you have any idea of who could be? She was trying mm. to find if, like, if you had seen the guy who went through the window. Oh, interesting. That was her one goal because all she knew after searching. She also, was aware that there was someone else there. She, she first, so she saw him go out mm. the window because he ran because of the, she had a big knife and yeah, was scary. Yeah, yeah. But also she looked through all the desks, couldn't find her thing, did find his notes about the new art that he mm. wanted to do and ripped them all up and destroyed them. I don't know if you remembered. I did remember that that was uh, ripped up and destroyed. You're right. That I forgot to mention anger, that. I, she I stumbled did on them. absolutely think but that. But she explicitly couldn't find her hard drive. Mm. She knew what she was looking for. She saw it on the camera. So she assumed that other person must have taken it. Yes. And she was trying to get... That's why, in the end, uh, originally... This is a little behind-the-scenes thing. Originally, I played the we uh, the first interaction you had with Emily Shade a bit harsher. Hmm. And she didn't want to let you in. Because at that point, I was thinking, she doesn't want you to see her painting. Right. But instead, I actually went, no, no, she... I don't think she cares about that. What she wants to do is get you in to see if she can find out if you know the person who ran away. Right. So I, 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 I went back for a little bit in the conversation, so she invited you in. And I told her that I saw about eight people. Oh, yeah, gosh. Which, which completely confused her. Uh, she was like, what the hell are you talking about? But so, so she wanted to do that. And I've written a thing, which is, if you gave her too much information, she was going to go kill Josh. Oh, no. Which is why I ended it with her trying to kill Josh. Yeah, yeah. I have a note at the bottom, which is a second attempt. I just, at the end of the planning, I wanted the idea of, you could have one of those mysteries where there is a second murder. Mm. So if you had gone to Josh really early, you would have got less out of him and then this could have happened if you would then be like, oh, and told her about Josh or even described Josh or shown her a picture of him or anything, she would be like, wait, I recognise that face from the apartment. Yeah. It's the fact that he was never on camera is the only thing that kept him alive. Yeah. Because she was like, now here's what you're going, he's going to steal it. At this point, she's already killed one person for it. She, she would, it's Poirot says, once you, once you open that tap, mm. it just keeps pouring. That's, that's a direct quote. Uh, said, I think that's what I tell kids about cigarettes yeah. to says, put them uh, off. If Emily Shade can identify the face that she saw in the apartment as Joshua Yang, she'll go to his house and attempt to ransack it for her hard drive, possibly trying to kill him to protect her identity. Mm. Uh, or here, if she, she can identify him if Danny lets slip that he was at the apartment. If not, there's an overnight time skip and in the morning, Virgin Jason stream again, this time in the same place. Wait, Virgin who? Uh, oh, I wrote Jason. Josh. <laughs> Josh stream again, this time in the same place so that you can see his face on the stream. Oh. I was going to do a grief stream and have his face appear there, and she could have been like, that's the guy, and then tried to find him. Oh, no. And then she would find his address and, right. again, ransack. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a lot of ransacking <laughs> in this. I suppose a big question would be, how would things have changed if I had gone to visit Josh? So if you'd gone to visit Josh, that would have been your way of finding out that his alibi was bogus. Mm-hmm. You could have found out from him a little bit more about, like, that he was a caterer. That, But I was, we were saying this before. You didn't talk to Josh the whole time. But this mystery, I felt quite good at having each of the characters be present, even if you hadn't interviewed them. Yeah. But I siloed them a little bit less so that you learned a lot about Josh. And, we, and, and the audience, I'm hoping as well, built a fairly robust picture of Josh. Absolutely. Even though you never needed to talk That's to him. That's what was so strong about Emily, this. Same as Emily. You had, like, a good feeling of Emily... I also <laughs> To the point where it became problematic because by the time I came to interview her, we had to take lots of cuts and pauses and things because I went, I don't know what I want to get out of her. I, I, I feel like I get it. I'm assuming from the... Now, this is another thing that you never mentioned out loud. Yes. That I'm assuming from the beginning, when you heard about Luke's meeting with a mysterious developer, I'm assuming you thought that was Emily Shade from I, the beginning. Oh, it seemed like it was fair just as... Don't want to introduce too many more new characters. True. It definitely made sense. Uh, so, yeah, that was the assumption. Yep. 
uh, other things that I was going with from the beginning. Let's see. This is going to be difficult because I didn't actually write any of my thoughts down. Or say we them aloud. Nope. There's no proof that you had any thoughts of this entire mystery. <laughs> right. So what on earth did I think? Another one I want to point out. Mm -hmm. You talked about the possible relationship aspect between Nicole and uh, Dave. Yep. Uh, and I have written, could play up a romantic angle for possible red herring motive, won't lead anywhere. Yeah, excellent. Just, just to throw care. a question out there that can be, because I think sometimes there's a tendency with these, like you want to throw out questions and then give them answers. But then sometimes you want to have questions where the answer is, that doesn't matter. Mm. And that was one I wanted to throw out as a, here's a thing so that it's, it's possible building. that you could have been like, oh, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's a jealousy. And you could have added that as like a framework for some of your questioning that would have been like, wait, no, there wasn't jealousy. Yes. Because I think that's an important thing for these mysteries. It's not quite a red herring. It is, hey, you should investigate this so that some of your investigations lead to real facts and some of them lead to shutting down other theories. That's very fair. So I didn't, I didn't mind that. Mm. So right from the beginning, the initial stream where we saw the murder, Josh was obviously pretty suspicious. It's like the same in any murder where someone's head gets chopped off or their face gets bashed yeah, in Yeah, you're or immediately something. like, that's not who they are. Exactly. You've got to have the questions forming there. I try. How, how notable was it? I wanted it to be obviously notable so that you didn't just think, yeah, he was playing. I wanted you to know there was something weird about his play style without just being like, okay, so he wasn't on the stream. He had his... Uh, thing attached to a Roomba and he was walking down the street ready to go and do a crime. It definitely wasn't clear that that's what was going on. Like, as I said, I still had my multiple theories. I didn't actually believe that he was just playing badly, but nice. you never know. But you had a so, few things to investigate. Yeah, good, my good. things were, is it possible for him to just be completely AFK? That seems unlikely. So I was on the idea of, oh, maybe like he and Emily were sneaking around together and he just like was trying to play on his phone or passed it off to Emily to play and she sucked at it or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that it was someone else who wasn't actually him, which was odd because we could still hear his voice, but not impossible. Or that, yeah, he had switched to, he was running around trying to play on his phone while doing other stuff. Fair. But no, he said it was a fun little Roomba mm. bird situation. Yeah, that was pretty solid. I'm so glad. I was so happy <laughs> when you said Roomba and Sippy Bird. The Roomba was very clear from the movements you described. I, I don't think you did too much of it with hand gestures. No, I think it was mostly verbal. I don't think people got it at home <laughs> that it was a Roomba. That was great. Um, also, very initially, I just went straight off. Yeah, nothing on Nicole. She's fine. Yeah, and I think generally I wanted the streamer character, from my notes, like, from the beginning, I realized, like, there's not really anything there that makes them seem like they're going to have done it. Hmm. But I kind of think that's not too bad. Sometimes it's nice to have someone that you generally trust. Yeah. Uh, to give you a bit of the the scoop. Yeah, I will say this was an interesting point. I'm sorry we keep jumping around. This is the no, most scattered autopsy I don't mind. of them all. Heart, of liver, the let's just jump. Knees. Let's just, what? We're doing an autopsy. We're checking all the oh, bits. Oh, right. Uh, is that one of the things that we didn't end up keeping in the episode, mm. because I was struggling to come up with words when talking to Emily, was you tried to incorporate a bit where, again, she tried to push... If I had any leads or if I knew anything, clearly she was trying to figure out who had her hard drive. That made me freeze and I wasn't able to come up with anything mm. because I completely misinterpreted oh, what did you that think? idea. I thought that you were presenting her as the character to bounce things off. Ah, no, no, no. no she was trying so to apply you for information I'm, to so lead to more death. Good thing I froze up and yeah. couldn't talk. Fair enough. 
yeah, I thought you were trying to use that as a means of encouraging me to stop being in my head and ah, fair enough. So no, no, no. I was, being that was unable a, to talk on that was a character recording. you should not have trusted yeah. trying to play for information. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bit tough when you do things like this because you're trying to solve a mystery and be in person, but you're also trying to play to the archetypes of we're making a show and characters exist for reasons and yada yada yada. Mm. And so yeah, you were misinterpreting it as a this will be a device to allow me to have a sounding board. Because I actually... was I was having a bad time talking and getting my thoughts yes. out. I yeah, assumed yeah, no, you were trying to help me. I was trying to help you by giving you And it's you, a good thing it didn't work. By giving you a character who was doing something really suspicious in that <laughs> moment. Um one thing that I that I tried with this one structurally, I changed the structure of this. Oh, I'd love to hear about the changes that happened. Um, I know you changed well, a lot so from playtesting. This is not even talking about playtest to um, anything else. Okay. Although, actually, it came up in the playtest. Uh, I suppose it was. I was a bit informed of this from the playtest. So it affected the structure of the mystery. Which is in the playtest, I was too... I gave some characters, I put them in too early. So when, when I was playtesting this, and the people who are listening, our lovely $50 donors, if you, are, if you want to playtest these rooms and play them before Danny does, I ran this with all of our $50 donors uh, playing as a team, trying to solve the murder. And they did very well because there were a few, there were a few big issues. I'll, I'll talk about structure in a second. That was one of the issues. Um, so yeah, so first of all, I introduced some characters too early. They went to the crime scene, and immediately I just threw the neighbour at them. At that point, not right. named, but I just threw the neighbour at them. And, that, and the neighbor had too much information and basically gave away, like, there was a person, they arrived, there's a second person, they arrived, there were two people separately, they left. And it was too much too early. Right? Okay. And they then also had that, like, they went to Emily Shade early on. It was like, because of that, they was like, well, let's go see Emily Shade. I introduced her as a character as well as, like, a possibility of a person you could talk to in the way that we normally do. We often have, we start the mystery and we go, here are the seven characters in this mystery. You may now start talking to all, one of That's the seven. That's true. It really wasn't like that when it this came to me. This was not like that. I basically almost introduced them in reverse. Well, rather, I would, the more important they were, or the more information was obvious based on just like seeing them, the more I made it a task to uncover that they existed. Mm. So the neighbor I found very, very valuable. The neighbor tells you a lot. <laughs> She really like lays out the sequencing of the crime in a way that you didn't have earlier. So the neighbor had to be some, was a mystery. Like that was a person to talk to as a reward for solving a puzzle yeah. effectively. And that puzzle being who's righteous lemon. With the question being then of what would have happened if I had gone to the crime scene and then said, all right, I'm going to just knock on doors, see if any neighbors heard anything. They possibly would have not been around. Okay. That is true. That's a tough one because this is the other element of it. There's also, if you had just done that, fishing. if you're just been like, no, no, I have to go and find a neighbor. I would have gone, okay, you can find a neighbor. They'll be like, oh, I didn't hear anything that night. They might not want to talk about it too much. And I would have to then probably change where that information is coming in purely just so that like you don't get too much too early. In the, mm. Like I was going to say, I think if you saw Emily Shade quite late. Yep. And so I made the artwork fairly obvious. All it was right. on display. Still, mm -hmm. I think if she'd been your first port of call, I probably would have had her go, like I would have slightly changed her character thing because you don't want that so obvious so early. I would have said, all right, it's the first person you talk to. So in this case, 
she has taken her artwork down and she's like hidden it in a closet just in case someone comes and talks to this her. This is impressive. This is a sort of improv and on the spot thinking that makes mm. you so good at game mastering. And that probably would have been like, if you had thought I'm going to search, you could have found it. Mm. But then that would have been a reward for you deciding to search her place. It feels like there were a lot of points where I could have been rewarded for going through people's wardrobes. <laughs> yes, you could have found everyone having an E3. Yeah. What I loved, one thing that didn't happen that I would have loved is if you had heard about the hoodies, gone to one character, searched their apartment and found the hoodie and been like, that's it, that's Case close. And then gone to another character and found the same hoodie <laughs> somewhere else. And then realised that all of the characters are five foot seven. Um, <laughs> so that was one thing. So I changed the structure and I tried to, rather than give you the full cast and have you then go to each one, I started introducing people later. So Emily Shade was a bit of a reward. Mm-hmm, the neighbour was more of a reward. Like it was a harder puzzle to find the neighbour than it was to find out about Emily Shade. Luke even was a tiny, tiny reward. I got him pretty much at the same time as I got Emily. But but it's required for you to ask a question. Yeah. And then you went to him and that got you more information. I have those basically Mm. one after the other as little So yeah, so I tried to like let you discover these people, but have them still feel like part of a cast of X characters. Yeah. So I tried to to blur that line a little bit and I think it worked quite well for this mystery. It was very nice because one of the things that we struggled with early on with ones that I had written was you just not talking to the right characters Mm. in the right order. And it is interesting that the way you've managed to control this is that yeah, I still didn't talk to important characters for a long time. You never talked to Josh at all. It was okay. Yeah, so I tried to also, yeah, give them more of a of a existence where you can discover things about them a bit better rather than have each person just talk about themselves. And I played around with that a little bit. Like if you, if people go back to um, in-flight incident, in my notes of in-flight incident, I do my classic thing, which is for every character, I say what they have to say and then what they say about each of the other characters. Mm. So that also could have had that as a possibility to... But but it wasn't as strong as this one, I think, where where people were more. Would solid. Josh have said anything interesting? I know we said like looking around his apartment. Josh would have said anything interesting, but only stuff that you already got by talking to other people Shut about Josh. You would have found out more about the resentment. Probably would have found from Josh about the hard drive having money on it, though maybe not because he wouldn't want to say that because he was trying to steal yeah. it. Um, I can go back to my notes for Josh. He gets a, he gets a big thing of notes. I am interested in some of these because throughout the room, every time we turned off the recording, there were occasional moments where you would look ponderous and say, yeah, I think I can, if you're going to talk to this character next, I could give them this information. Like you were moving yeah, around I was who had to just, what. Yeah, to, to, there was, one of the big things was I wanted you to know about not the hard drive so much, though it was good that you found I, I I'm glad I put it there and that you found it and that you... <laughs> Got it. Oh, that would have been wild it. if I hadn't done spot the difference immediately. The spot the difference is so important to me. I'm so glad you did it. The playtesters did it as well. I tried to drop hints in the phrasing of that, like, you know, the desk, like, like that was what it was that I think helped me key you into that. Yeah. Was you said that you were investigating it and the desk was all messy. And I was saying, the desk is in disarray. And like, and you know, because you saw that shot of the desk yeah. on stream that it was quite orderly before, but da 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 And then you were like, can I do a spot the difference? And I was like, yes, you can. Well played. So the other element that was, actually, this was the thing that, that I, I ruined, I, I screwed up completely in the playtest. So I left the playtest for this not feeling good about it. And part of it was this reason. The crime scene originally, no shattered glass, Oh, okay. No disarray, open door, knife in back, all the same. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have as many questions at the crime scene. 
Oh, all right. And because of that, people didn't want to answer the questions. So when they found out that Josh had rumbered his his headset, had the time to go over there, wanted to steal something, mm. they were just like, great, so that solves it. I've solved the murder. They didn't have the questions of, but how does that explain the shattered glass and the second person coming out the other way? And how does that da-da-da-da-da? I think maybe I didn't hit the two-person stuff as heavily with the neighbour. Okay. So they weren't, uh, they didn't have they that as a question mark. As so that they just went, oh, I guess I've solved it then. Mm. And I was like, oh no, how do I get them needing to answer the question of why were there two people? Why were there two different ways of exiting? What, like, I needed questions. Mm. So I added I- detail to the crime scene and I added detail to the conversation that he had on stream so that that couldn't be answered by Josh. That awesome. moment of like, like the, the hints in that conversation of, Da 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 da, and like the pacing of that argument, that there was an argument. So they now had more questions of what was the argument about? Why were they arguing? And, and so all of that was added in to give you questions to answer. And for me, that worked really well in the later timing of yes. Sarah as a character because it did felt feel like I was going towards answering things, and then she shows up th- halfway through the arc, mm. giving more questions. That was the most enjoyable part. Yeah, and and. And I really tried to work on that because I think that's an interesting thing like that the playtest for this taught me is I almost I think I almost got lucky with in-flight incident because it was simpler. I tried to make the, the crime more com- complex with this one, but I didn't leave enough crumbs that <laughs> hint at that complexity. So yeah, if you assume it's, it's a simple crime, you then assume a simple answer mm. and there was nothing to make that be like, wait, 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 but how do you account for this? Makes sense. The, they were going, account, what do you mean account for that? I didn't even know that was an issue. Yeah. So I so the playtest taught me that. So I so I felt really bad about it afterwards because I was like, oh, this mystery doesn't work. But then I had to sit and think, how do you fix this mystery? And it was by adding more questions. I need things to not be answered. So I need stuff that explicitly, when you find out Josh does X Y Z, I need that to go. Well, sure, but then what about A B C? That has nothing to do with ABC. How do we answer that? And so you know you're looking for more. Uh, and I think it worked out really well in the end. I think you were looking for everything you needed to look unbelievably for. unbelievably insightful what you managed to do after the playtest. It like, really helped. It's amazing. It came out so well. This is exactly what I had hoped Solve This Murder would be this entire time and haven't been able to crack. Mm. So, yeah, it's fantastic work. I'm really proud of what you've created and I hope you are too. I, I'm This one, I, yeah, it went from me being really annoyed about it when I was, when, after I'd played it the first time mm. to fixing it up and, yeah, I think it works really well. I'm glad, like, you followed exactly the sort of things and thoughts I needed you to, to follow. You picked up the things you need to pick up. Oh, that was the other big thing that changed. Oh, in the original version, aside from having not so much detail on the crime, which was just an oversight that I, that I thought was going to be obvious, but instead wasn't. Sure. The big thing was, Dave was horrendous. Oh, yes, you mentioned that to In me. the original playtest, Dave was the worst person. Mm. He was a girls can't code, gamergate, terrible, bad guy. Because I just wanted him, I wanted you not to feel bad about him being dead. Mm. But then he becomes so hateful that you automatically go like, oh, he's probably stealing his games as well. <laughs> you know, like, you just want that to be true. So when there's a tiny That's hint at it, you're like, yeah, he stole games. Yeah, he probably stole from an Emily Shade because she's a woman and he hates women and da, 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 and all this sort of stuff. So it was too, it was too much. It was mm. too hateable. And so... Again, the mystery of why would he want to be killed was already answered by, well, I want to kill him. Yeah. So doesn't, now I don't need, care about motive so much. 
So I needed him to seem like a lovely guy. And then what you uncover is the hateability, mm. right? Uh, you uncover the rich smugness in terms of the, here's why someone wants to steal from him. You uncover the ethical bad practice and the theft of people's games. So now you know why someone might want to hurt him for that. And then you, un you, when you finally get that last piece of he explicitly stole this person's game and then when he announced a vampire game and showed the hard drive, mm. she was like, oh, that's it. He is about to announce the new game. Then I can't stop it. And I now know 100% the thing that I suspected 90%. I'm just going to go over there and argue with him. Mm. And I also liked, and that's also why as well, right? You talked about the whole key copying and all that mm. other stuff was very planned. It was very yes. premeditated. Whereas rocking up, hitting a guy in the face, going to the kitchen, taking his own knife and stabbing him with it feels very unpremeditated. A little bit, She yeah. didn't bring a weapon. She didn't bring, it was literal just emotional anger. Mm. It was just, what the hell, I'm going to go and yell at Just an unfortunate coincidence for Josh. Yeah, and then when his response is to be like, no, it's not what you think, come on, get out of here, and then turn his back and be like, yeah, I just had to get rid of this lady. Mm. She's like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to kill him. I'm just going to stab him in the back. I'm so furious. It went to that like yeah. white hot sort of thing of like, I'm just going to stab him in the back and he'll be dead. And then mm -hmm. he can't steal my game and killed him. Um, it was much more in the moment. I wanted to try and make the two crimes feel different. Like one had two Definitely. weeks of planning. One was a knife grabbed out of a thing during a heated argument. And just really unfortunate that it was on the exact same stream. Yeah. And that, there is no explanation for that yeah. other than... Josh is there because he had an alibi. She is there because he announced the thing. Yeah. The fact that those two happened at the same time, coincidence. Mm -hmm. And I think a little bit, look, I know there are no big coincidences <laughs> and small coincidences. There are just coincidences. But I think this was a small coincidence. Sure. It felt like a made sense coincidence. Was there anything else you wanted to ask about that I haven't covered? Absolutely. Anything in my notes? There's just a little thing, uh, which is, uh, what was the tripping exactly? Okay. In your notes? Literally, the tripping was, basically, in my head, it is... Uh, Josh going, trying to sneak past. He literally trips over Josh. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought he might have a bit more situational awareness than to be missing a body. Yeah, but, but that's the reason he missed the body is Josh can then scurry away. Mm. So the trip hazard is no longer there. He's now reaching oh, yeah, for what sure. he tripped over. Josh has already scurried I wondered if Josh had like opened a drawer or something and left it, it open. It could also be that, but, yeah. but it was during the Josh's entry and like sneak, because he had to go to the desk and mm. the desk was right where he was streaming and yeah, moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was in that space and it was in that space that he tripped over him. And then, and then what Josh was it that move. prompted him to rush into the other room? Was it? The, it was as exactly as you said, Emily came in. Cool. He was like, oh, I got to get out of here. And then when Emily killed him, he panicked. Basically, he just panicked, dove through the window. Like, I got to get out of here. That's a crazy lady with Great. a knife. Didn't know who she was. Never met her. Mm. Um, so you, you got that timing exactly right. I was worried that you weren't going to get it. And then because it wasn't in your head, and then you just said exactly what it was. I was a little bit terrified that I was reading too far into it and no, it wasn't that at no, all. you got it. Oh, awesome. Beat for beat, exactly what happened. You, you solved that step for step. And yeah, and then she just left. Yeah. Because she'd killed a man and wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. But then afterwards, like, well, I got to track down this guy who has my hard drive. Because she would have killed him then, like, search for all the stuff. Yes, of course. After the guy, after Josh jumped out the window, she's like, where's my thing? Because she couldn't find it. That's why there was all the disarray. Mm. Whereas Josh didn't cause any disarray. He knew exactly what he no. wanted. He just didn't know what it was. Exactly. Um, yeah, that was the one thing I wanted to get across was that they had had a conversation pre-stream. I hinted at the pre-stream conversations have already been going on. Mm -hmm. I hinted at Crypto Talk where he had explicitly said to Josh and Verge, like, I have a hard disk drive. It's got millions of dollars of Bitcoin and mm. it's on my desk or it's in my desk, right at my desk. Yes. So that Josh could see it 
and like want it and be like, I'm going to get it. And then sees the hard drive on the desk. And I was so glad you mentioned that. He thought that was the hard drive, mm. grabbed it, left. He was done. He's not taking time to search. He stole the thing. He, and like in his head, that's what it is. When he got it back and it had code on it, he was like, damn. <laughs> and eventually wanted to just sell it so that he could mm. get rid of it. There was a brief moment in there where I wondered if Dave hadn't stolen Emily's original code to get Shattered World, Shattered Worlds, but something off uh, Josh's mm. uh, that Josh had started to create, and yes. that it just so happened that Emily and Josh had created similar things because of the Zeitgeist. No, the Zeitgeist but was just nah. the business's excuse for theft. Pretty much, or rather, I think it's, it's Luke Holloman living possibly a little bit in denial. I don't think he knows. Like he, in his head, he's like Josh. Like he's, he says, Dave does not steal games. Hmm. Dave is just a quirky developer. He might have a sneaking suspicion, but he maintains that line in his head and in public that it's just the zeitgeist. Yeah. Everybody mm. here named after a uh, Patreon donor. So if you are a Patreon donor, anyone at any amount of money gets can appear as a character. So thank you so much to Dave LeCompte, Nicole Verge, Joshua Yang, Emily Shade, Luke Holloman, Sarah Toffelmeyer, not Maria the hairdresser. That's nobody. <laughs> that was a character I introduced... I'm glad you, that was obvious. Her yeah. alibi was just a friend who said, yep, she was here getting her hair done. It was obviously wasn't. Yep, nice fun. That was an appropriate amount of time spent on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, at this point, you know, we get, it's part five of mystery. We want to be getting through things quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point, I'm not so worried about making, like, Emily quite suspicious. Because I think at this point, she's been enough of a character for long enough that if people were going to be suspicious of her as a person, they're already suspicious. Absolutely. They've formed their suspicions and this is confirming them, not creating them. So I didn't mind her being a little bit more, clearly she's got a, an issue here. Clearly she, you know, um, but I'm glad. Look, it worked really well, I think. I think it Absolutely. came together. You got every single element of it. Um, originally my notes, the party was one week ago. And at some point for no reason, I said two weeks and then I had to move everything else that was a week ago to two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in my initial one, it was one to two weeks ago. Yeah. And eventually I just, and just settled them all to two. two weeks. Uh, it just happened that way. I think that was more time... I think if Dave, I think if Dave had announced, I'm going to make a game and then announce the game a week later, he's obviously stolen it. But two weeks is like game jam time. He could have put something together. <laughs> Isn't game jam like a weekend? Aren't they? Oh, they're like Dave. mad people. But you know, so oh. I, it's insane. But I wanted it to be a little bit. That's longer, fair. That's fair. Um, without going too far out. Where does he go on those retreats? Anywhere? Or no, does he, he just stays at home. home. Yeah. His his retreat is like I'm not going to come into the yeah, office. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, so. There's good, there's good stuff in the notes, but you pretty, I don't think there's anything that didn't come out really. Um, I'm glad I finally got to mention that her game was going to be called Vampire uh, <laughs> Communications Towards Full Unity. You were, you looked like you might have sobbed a little bit if I didn't. Have you never ask? got to Vampire Communications? Uh, to, to, to I can't even Towards Full Unity or whatever it was. Um, what was it called? Uh, Vampire communication fired by the vampire and a gun fired by the. I love a gun fired by the soul. This precious. I to know, me. Um, but no, it was uh, fantastic. You did very well. You hit it all. Your pacing was really great, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, you your pacing you... was really great. You controlled all of that. It was really well. Impressive look, I never decided you where you were going to go. You always went where you wanted to go. So you, it was your pacing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, fangs and fortune was not my original name. I can't remember what my original name was. Ooh. 
Um, it was bad, though. <laughs> uh, but Fangs and Fortune was a great suggestion as a better video game name, suggested by one of the $50 donors who playtested. Nice. Brian Thank McCollum, you. I ah. believe. I hope I haven't incorrectly credited you. If it was one of the others, <laughs> tell me, but I believe it was Brian who suggested it. It's okay. People in games I learn now are pretty chill about idea theft. Oh, I call it Project Fangs. <laughs> Fangs and Fortune was better. Oh. Uh, you can see, look, I've, originally it was a notebook, not a hard drive. Then I remembered that coders uh, code, they don't write. Uh, <laughs> but I said, look, here's a, a, a paint. There'll be a painting that matches the notebook. Right. You can see these are my original notes uh, by hand. There's Long Leg Dave, the streamer, with oh, my yeah. original streamer name before I put a character to it, a, 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 a patron to it. And, that, and the friend's leg, name was Buggy. Yeah, now... <laughs> Wait, which which friend? Uh, Joshua Yang uh, was Joshua's buggy. buggy. Uh, no, notably, long leg Dave was Nicole, not Dave. Yes, not Dave. <laughs> Dave uh, was no one in the end. Oh, cool. Like, I didn't have a name for them. Um, but yeah, like, if I go back to my first, like, my brainstorm here. Uh, oh, I've got a few. I, I tried, there were a lot of false starts in writing this one. So, like, I have, like, next idea, I wanted to have a, all I wanted at the start, a theft. I wanted a theft oh. and a murder. I just thought it's fun to Great. do that. Yep. That's a classic thing. Absolutely. But I was talking about like jewels and artifacts and things like that. And then I put a big X and I went VR murder. Big X. Someone's killed while playing multiplayer VR. Uh, killer had an opportunity while the player was in game as they couldn't hear or see the person attacking them. Recorded footage of the game shows things that happened during the murder, but the virtual side, so all of mm. that. Avatar tripping over something, slumping down when killed. That was right in the original notes. Nice. You did come up with this initial idea so long ages ago. ago. Victim plays a lot. Investigating gameplay history could elicit motives. One player had no mic, maybe was somewhere else during uh, nice. you know, using their login details. So that was your theory that someone else was playing <laughs> for them, but they yeah. were off killing, um, which freed them up to murder with an alibi. Could start the mystery by watching the footage of the death from the VR perspective. Then I was like, who's the victim? So like a streamer. Wait, no, not a streamer, a game dev. Um, had previously ruined from other indie game creators, uh, recently became wealthy with a success in new games. This is all pretty locked in. Yeah. The thief I had was trying to steal a book of their passwords. Oh, So they I had see. all their plans and then, then they could get access to it. Then I was like, wait, I can streamline this. So rather than that being a way to get access to all of their stuff, I could just have a Bitcoin. Get their stuff. The classic idea of a Bitcoin hard drive. Mm. And my set, the original was Victim. So let's see if this possible people match to what it ended up being. Mm -hmm. Victim, yes. Thief, that mm. was the friend. Yep. Neighbor. Yep. Streamer. Uh-huh. Gamer. There was no extra gamer. The gamer ended up being the game developer. Yeah. Co-business co person. Rival. Sure. That was Emily Shade. And then a fan. Didn't Who exist. got sort of merged. Got kind of merged between a bunch of people. Mm. Um, and then more brainstorming, brainstorming. And then I've gotten written now. I d I've done my notes this way. Super detailed notes. But these were all wrong. You're so really I redid them all when I, when I, um. When I started writing it out, here's, I started doing like, this leads to this. This could lead to this and this and this. Oh, that was a fun one. Mm -hmm. Originally, you heard all, through Dave's mic and was recorded and captured. It was too quiet to hear, but it was captured yeah. on the auto captioning software, oh. which is always terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ooh, washy. Double O-H-W-A-S-H-Y. Okay. Ooh, washy. Which was actually it mishearing... Uh, Josh saying, who was she? Oh. Indicating the murderer was a woman who came, that was unknown Goodness. to Josh. It was too much. That's tricky. But also nothing. But I changed that in the end to the broken, to, to be a better answer of questions. 
So in the end, look, yeah, how many, I had uh, my original notes before I even started typing up and changing them were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 pages of notes that ended up being this mystery. Man, you put so much into these. Um, I'm really happy that with how they turn out and just that you get to do this because we just assumed it would be a me writing you performing thing and swapping it has been the best idea we've ever had. Oh, yeah, it's worked out great. I have one question for you. Oh, yeah? If you did this again, mm-hmm. do you want an assistant? Should we what? ever have, like, assistants come on and help? I know the recording process is super hard, but having someone to bounce thoughts off is super cool. You didn't really have that in this mystery. This is interesting. From a podcasting perspective, apparently it would make me sound a lot better. <laughs> uh, from a thinking perspective, I like the way I get to think All in, right. in these on my own. Well, good. I'm glad. And hey, you cracked the case in a way that... See, I can never crack my, the case. My big worry is having to tell as someone and be doing this and having to tell someone, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm yeah. pretty sure no, you're, you're really idiot. wrong. Why would Josh Yang kill <laughs> Nicole? She's still alive. <laughs> Zombies don't exist in this universe. No. Yeah, I just don't want to trash people's ideas. I do enough of that in the creative process. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I think that's the autopsy done. I think so. Uh, I think that's the autopsy done. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the mystery. I don't know if you listen to it all in one go. If you're a $5 donor, you get every episode from the beginning. Or if, like a cool, normal person, you listen to it week by week. Or it's currently 2030 and you're just listening or to you're this well up, in the yeah, future. Well in the future. Who knows? But I hope you enjoyed the mystery. It was good fun. Um, that was great. It was really enjoyable. Thank you for listening. I know it was a long... I know we said we'd get back to these <laughs> more routinely and it was a long break, but... There was a lot of other issues unrelated to normal podcasting that kept us away. Um, oh, yeah. So we are glad. My that, bad. I'm sick a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of health issues. But they're all, they're all looking okay at the moment. Yeah. And so we got the episode out, which means hopefully the next one will be a lot quicker. I'm not sure exactly what the plans, plans are for what's next. I'm we happy might be to doing, do a micro one. I think we'll do another short um, adaptation mm. one. Another, another possibly Agatha Christie. I mean, we'd love to hit that well, uh, where I'll try and solve a public domain murder mystery. And then hopefully... Not long after that, back into another one written by me. That'd be super cool. I've got to get some new ideas going and churning and schlumbling. Uh, So thank you so much. If you want to help support the show, spread the word. That's the most important thing. People listen to podcasts based on recommendation and word of mouth. Tell a friend, jump onto an internet forum and tell people there, go to a family gathering and make everybody listen to it. Call into your local radio station and say, hey, you should be listening to Solve This Murder. It's the most helpful thing you can do, and we appreciate it so much. You can leave a review, or if you want to support us in a more tangible way, you can sign up for the Patreon. Anybody at any level can appear as a character, including all of the characters from this mystery, and in our other podcast, Escape This Podcast. Yep, just let us know which one you'd like to be in. You get bonus uh, audio. You get to hear us solving a whole bunch of two-minute mysteries, which is possibly some of the best content we create. (laughs) Um, It's insane and ridiculous. Lots of bad character work and great mysteries or bad mysteries and great character work. There's vlogs and uh, trivia and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. And $50 donors get to playtest, including playing through these mysteries before Danny does. So if you want to sign up, it's always greatly appreciated. It is how we make all of our money. We don't advertise on these shows. We don't plan to advertise on these shows. So uh, that's our biggest source of income. So thank you so much if you are supporting the show. It helps us make new stuff and keep it free for everybody who can't afford to support the show. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Danny, so much for playing. You thank did great. Thank you. Beyond belief, thank you. Oh, she doesn't even believe I wrote it. That's so rude. Bye, everybody. 
Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.